Hello all, welcome back to Draft Vice. My name is Walter, and you probably know that because you've seen this or listened to this before. If you haven't, well, welcome. My name is Walter. And today's episode, we're talking fantasy football. We're talking wide receivers, the top 40, all throughout my ranks. But the ranks, by the way, are at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. They will also be up at on DraftVice.com. That is the name of the website. There's no porn on there, at least not as of yet, uh, until it gets hacked again. Uh, it has not been hacked at all, actually. So, uh, yeah, and today we're doing the top 40 receivers. And uh, if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow, follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And now for the ranks. Um, the top five, I think, are very easy. Right? I think they're the easiest of easy. Um, I think everybody's got their top, the top five receivers in, in fantasy football for this year, I believe, will be Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Tyreek Hill, right? So you might be like, Walter, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to waste your time. I think you guys already know all those guys are great, right? Michael Thomas, safest wide receiver in fantasy, it feels like. He had 100 points more last year in ESPN leagues than the wide receiver, too, right? That means the second-best wide receiver needed to get another 100 points just to be in, just a tie with Michael Thomas for the season. So right there, and he did it with Breeze. He did it without Breeze. He's just the best, He at least for fantasy, he is. We'll talk about another guy who I think is truly the best, but... Um, Number two, right? Now, number the only part about this these top five was really what order do you put them in, right? And for me, number two, I, I follow myself on it. I know De DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. Which one should be number two? And I put Devontae Adams. Here's why, right? Um, he didn't play from weeks five through eight. Injury affected Adams early on. Uh, and, and, like, none of uh, – I, I understand going with DeAndre Hopkins here. I really do, right? You know, we the best part about DeAndre Hopkins, we we've seen him do it before with bad quarterbacks. Now he's got Kyler Murray, a not bad quarterback. He had, you know, yes, Deshaun Watson was not a bad quarterback, but remember there were days where he had Ryan Mallett, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Fitzpatrick, all guys who have been salvageable for fantasy. The only guy who he couldn't do anything with was Brock Osweiler because he would throw the ball seventeen thousand feet above sea level, and that was, you know, that just doesn't work when you're you're at sea level. That's only in arenas that were at sea level, though, by the way. So, yeah, so uh, Hopkins, we've seen him work as well. Uh, I, there's always that, that risk of inconsistency of going to a new team, building chemistry with your quarterback. Uh, either way, I think you're safe, whether you do Devontae Adams at two or you had DeAndre Hopkins as your two. Doesn't really matter. They're both really good. DeAndre, you know, Devontae Adams, I feel like the real issue was he was injured last year. If he had played the whole season, I think we'd be talking about him as, uh, as like it wouldn't be even a question mark. Now, there is the question of could he get injured again. That's totally true. It's happened before. It could happen again. It is the NFL. People do get injured. But you have Aaron Rodgers' best receiver and pretty much like the receiver. Like everybody else in, the, in that receiving course, kind of questionable, right? Like uh, Mar uh, MVS, right? Uh, Marquise Valdez, Scanling, Alan Lazard, like the receiving core. Now the tie, you know, the the running backs, you know, are going to be getting a lot of catches too. And listen, I like them, and that's why I like Aaron Jones. But uh, so yeah, that's I think that kind of established. We don't need to just spend too much time. Julio Jones also, I think you can maybe make an argument for number two. I kind of worry about him being older. He was wide receiver three last year. So uh, after those 
top three guys. I have Julio Jones, uh, eight games last year with 15 or more points, 13 games of double-digit points, never had a game below 7.2 points. So, and this is in, uh, yes, this is in, uh, in uh, NFL.com's fantasy scoring. So, uh, you know, six TDs last year, 1,394 yards, 99 receptions. Again, I feel like the only worry I have with Julio Jones is he's just getting older. The times are changing. You know, there's going to be a new guard, but I feel like he's still got one more really good season in him. Uh, he could easily be the number one receiver next year. So all top, all these top five guys clearly are all, you know, number one receiver category. They could easily be the number one receiver in fantasy football. Number five is Tyreek Hill, right? Reek, you know, the guy who just has all the speed in the world. Uh, he was good last year, right? He had an injury, right? Um, that's why you didn't get to see him for the for a good portion of it. But the thing was, is when he came back, he 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 missed four of the first five games. But like when he came back, he had five games of 15 or more points, four games of over 20 points, and one game over 30. He had two single-digit games. One of those was the game where he got hurt. So basically, you know, like the previous worry I always had with Tyreek Hill was he could be inconsistent because he's the deep ball guy. Um, yes, you get a little bit of him as like a gadget guy in the run game, but really like you, you were hoping for big plays. With Pat Mahomes, you're getting big plays on a weekly basis. But also, I, last year, I think, even though, you know, you kind of got screwed with the injury, right? Broken clavicle's a big deal. Uh, I think that there's a, enough there where you say, okay, well, the other 10 games he was back, he was really good. He was reliable. So I, I, I definitely believe in uh, – I don't believe in his off-field conduct, but I believe he is a solid uh, top five receiver in the NFL. This is the thing where I've come down. So if you don't know how I do my rankings, right – I should, do, I should just do, like, an intro to my rankings in the beginning of the episodes. I basically do my rankings multiple times, blindfolded with my hands tied behind my back sometimes. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, sometimes strapped naked to a, the, uh, the front of a Chrysler. Joking again. Uh, so how I do my ranks is I sometimes will go over, the, I'll do film scores. For the first time I do my ranks, I do film scores. I go ahead and I, I look at last year's stats. I look at the film. I look at everything. I look at what they ate for breakfast uh, the morning of last June just to see where they're standing on their breakfast, if you will. Uh, then I go ahead, I do my ranks. Then I wait a couple weeks. I go ahead, I pull up a, a sheet of paper. I start doing my ranks again. And then for receivers, I did it three times because I didn't know if I did it a second time. So actually, I ended up doing it three times for receivers. And here's the thing. There, there really is a struggle outside of top five where you can make an argument for a ton of guys to be number six, right? Uh, you know, I, I, I could see somebody saying that Mike Evans, right, is a truly elite talent, should be there. I could see somebody saying Chris Godwin should be there because he truly was wide receiver two last year in fantasy, and he was wide receiver two, and he didn't even play the whole season. So I could see an argument you know, okay, no more Jameis Winston. He's catching the ball from Tom Brady. Uh, not a not a horrible lateral move, I guess. And actually, I think a lot of people will probably think that Chris Godwin will be catching a lot of the easy passes, you know, kind of more the slot guy where Mike Evans is the big outside guy, right? We're arguing about two Tampa Bay receivers. There's a couple of other guys who I think are potentially for, you know, number sixth on the list. Uh, please don't let my fandom ruin it for me, though, because uh, I also consider possibly uh, Odell Beckham number six. Uh, and part of the reason is uh, Odell Beckham, before the last couple of years, was really good. And 
you know, he listen, as long as he's healthy, which the problem was last year he wasn't healthy, he wasn't on the same script as Baker Mayfield, I, I think you can make an argument that he should be high, right? I think you can make an argument that o, OBJ, you know, current status OBJ, who's still, like, in his mid-20s, should be a top-end receiver in the NFL, should be a top-end guy for fantasy. Um, now, you're, the good question would be is, what if he has, like, the Stephon Diggs situation like last year? Although Stephon Diggs was solid last year, you know. Uh, well, solid's probably not the best word to use it because he was kind of sucky last year for if you had him for, like, half a season. Um, Thielen got injured, and eventually, like, Diggs got some role, like some real role. But I remember people were like, you know, where do we throw out our, our Stephon Diggs stock, right? We're not talking about Stephon Diggs, though. We're talking about Odell. And last year, Odell was a wide receiver, too, in fantasy. You wouldn't believe it if you had him because you probably spent a first-round pick on him or a second-round pick on him. Still, I think Odell, I think Godwin. I understand Mike Evans. I mean, you know, apparently Mike Evans is building chemistry with with uh, with our boy uh, Tom Brady. And, you know, you know, maybe Tom Brady – you know, Tom Brady's deep ball is not totally gone. So, you know, maybe they find ways of getting him the ball too. You know, Mike Evans had a lot of those big explosion games. Like, you know, he was wide receiver 15 last year, but he didn't play from 15 onward. Which I mean, when you hear the 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 Godwin thing, or he didn't even finish the season, like I I, I get, uh, he only played 14 games last year. I, I get the argument of like, oh well, maybe it should be Godwin, maybe it should be Evans. Um, I think where I'm ending up right now is I would feel way safer going with Godwin at six. So. I think that's where I'm going to lock it in right now. It's weird because that was like kind of like my like almost like initial reaction. Or no, my second try ranks had Godwin at six. No, actually had OBJ at six and Godwin at seven was my second try. Uh, Mike Evans was at six on the third try. And I, I thought I had Godwin higher though too. Um, and I think I had, oh, I had Mike Evans then Godwin. I had Mike Evans at six and Godwin at seven. Either way. Uh, the way I look at it right now, I think I'd probably be really comfortable getting Godwin. Uh, but, you know, always injury risk, too. You know, a guy got injured last year as well. A lot of these guys do have injury question marks. Uh, so I think I'd probably go with Godwin at 6, Odell at 7, Evans at 8. There we go, right? Um, and it's kind of – that's actually where this kind of – this grouping went. It was 6, 7, 8. Now, there's one other guy in this kind of who didn't make it to the sixth marker, but he's he was in the argument for eight as well, and it's Amari Cooper, right? Mr. Amari Cooper, he was the grand big pooper. Amari Cooper um, at, is now at nine. Uh, there were renditions of the, my rankings. I had him at eight. Uh, I think that's because I moved Odell up. Now, you could easily make the argument that Amari Cooper even could be considered uh, sixth overall, but he had such weird inconsistencies last year, right? He would do really well for a set of games, and then I, I and at one point I think I even had him at wide receiver six, like when my first first rendition of my notes, uh, because I have some note in here about why do I have him at wide receiver six, and now he's no longer he's not been wide receiver six apparently since I actually did ranks. So Amari Cooper was wide receiver ten last year. That was it. I thought he was better than that. Uh, he had eight games of 15 or more points, 10 games of double-digit points. He also had five games of 20 or more points. But what's worrisome is he had three games with 2.4 points or less, which that kills you, right? Like 2.4 points from your, your lead receiver is just not going to get you very far. Uh, he had one goose egg game, and he had a couple of other, like, 
high, like a couple of six point eight games, like six to nine point games. So he, games he didn't murder you, games where he didn't do you very well either. Because like you always kind of want to shoot for the double digits, right? That's kind of where you're going, and you definitely don't want goose eggs. You don't want anything below five. That's really bad. And that's kind of where I see Amari Cooper is that you have that risk coming up with like he just disappears for a couple of games. He doesn't get you what you were looking for. So. Uh, that's why I have him below the Tampa Bay guys and OBJ. Even though you can make the argument OBJ did not do great last year either. He was way below Amari Cooper in ranks. But, I, you know, I, maybe I'm – listen, I, maybe I'm biased as a Browns fan, right? Like, I'm just, like, looking at it going, like, okay. But there were arguments that, like, you know, there were some real problems in that offense last year. OBJ was injured. Uh, there's also an argument about, like, you know, your second year in the system, your second year with the QB, you guys learn the intricacies of playing with each other. I just truly think OBJ is going to be an amazing receiver this year. So, if you know, so we'll go, we'll move on, right? After Amari Cooper at nine, we are now at ten. And overall, the guy who's been making it to ten on this list after repeat tries has been Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. Um, one of the reasons why I have I don't have him any higher is I do get a little worried with Allen Robinson, not because of the injury. I was I was high on him last year. I Actually, my first rendition of these notes, I think I had him close to 9. But, yeah, so we'll have him at 10. He's uh, he's back. He's he's the true Allen Robinson, the one that made uh, Blake Bortles look semi-good and functioning. Now he gets Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, so the combo rendition that it is. I'm not quite sure uh, how I feel about the quarterback core there. But he had Mitch Trubisky last year. He was fine. 1,147 yards, seven touchdowns on 98 catches. Can he do better? Can he do the real? The real reason why I don't have any hires with his QB situation. I don't think he's doing better than wide receiver 10, right? He he could. I guess he could, but I don't know if he can. And like again, like he is the guy who made Bortles look competent. Um. And he's definitely a solid top 12 receiver in fantasy. I just don't think I could move him any higher knowing his quarterback situation. Um, I I think I originally this is where I had Odell Beckham was 10. I was 10. So as as you go and as you kind of start falling in love with your thoughts, that's where this went. I fell in love, put him up a little bit higher. So that's the top 10, right? Outside of the top 10, it comes number 11 is Calvin Ridley, and he's literally top 10. He's been number 11 on every single rendition of my ranks. I like Calvin Ridley a lot. He is a he is actually, I think, just another, like, literally every time I've done these ranks. He was wide receiver 25, playing through injury all year. Oh, no, that was Odell. He was wide receiver 25 last year, playing through injury last year, played through every game. Uh, but Odell, okay, let me just touch on Odell real quick. Odell had 12 games of double-digit points. Four games of 15 or more, four games of single-digit points. So there were, like, a couple of weeks where he he, uh, he might have hurt you. But, again, he had solid weeks. He, just, he was not the guy who you were picking in the top two rounds. He did not get you all those, you know, 20-point games or 30-point games that you remember from the old Odell, where he was just breaking games. 11 is Calvin Ridley. He went IR on IR week 15. Up until that point, nine straight we- – nine weeks of – 
double-digit fantasy points, two weeks of 7.1, a week of six points, and then you had a, one week where he kind of screwed you over, where it was like 1.6, and you were like, I can't start this guy no more. You had to anyway. But, yeah, so Calvin Ridley was very solid last year. He doesn't have uh, Muhammad Sanu there anymore. He doesn't have Austin Hooper there anymore. So something tells me he's going to get a, a few more of those targets because they're not all going to go to Julio. And he's good. I like watching. Solid route runner. Decent hands. Uh, outside, inside. I. This is Amari Cooper. This is the other Amari Cooper, basically. Just. I. I literally, I think the profiles were perfect when they came out. And there's a third guy who's an Amari Cooper as well. Like in that same phylum of receiver, they just get open. That's what he does. He gets open when he's your second receiver. It's a great. It's like a, a spoiling of riches, if you will. So Calvin Ridley's number eleven. Uh, I'm going to just check. I think I've had, again, number 12 has been pretty much the same guy throughout, too. Uh, oh, no, one time I, I changed number 12, right? Number 12 for me is Cooper Cup, right? Which is strange because you wouldn't think he would fall in that, like, that category of receiver where you're like, oh, I think this guy's going to be so great. I think he's going to be so good. He's a top 12 receiver, but he's been good. He's been really good. So, like, I, I don't know, uh, you know, I feel safe with him. He's like the new Jarvis Landry, right? He's a, he's a, he gets a lot of checkdowns, a lot of run after catch. Uh, you know, McVay seems to scheme him up very well, get him matched up on linebackers in previous years. But, again, he just the second half usage compared to the first half is when he went on a tear. Uh, wide receiver four last year, coming off an ACL, only had one game in the first eight weeks under 10 points, then came back from the bye and did nothing against Pittsburgh, followed it up with an eight to nine point bounce back. So yeah, like the la and then uh, bounce back for week 13 where he had double digit points again. So towards the end of last year, like he started out great. This is right off of the first half he went on a tear. He, yeah, he was wide receiver four. And yes, it kind of fell off a cliff, but even like you look at that, like the the playoff weeks, he kind of did come back a little bit. He did kind of kill you in the playoffs, though, too. There was one that that one week where it did not help. Uh, either way, like again, at wide receiver twelve, I kind of like him because I know the system. Even with that weirdly bad offense, that was like, weren't you better than this at some point? I you know he's getting a lot of short stuff too, so you're not really super worried. They do find ways of scheming him open. Him and Robert Woods, like he is, I think he's the better one out of the two of them. Now there is a question: Are they going to go more more two tight end personnel, which is going to probably leave him out a little bit out of the cold because he was like their big slot guy. They were utilizing him more as a. They were also utilizing him kind of almost like a tight end in the passing game. So there is an argument to say maybe this is not the year to be buying on Cooper Cub. Maybe this is the year to sell on him because like you're not going to get him at that high value where, like, the previous years he was cheaper and he did really well. This year he's not cheap, and he's come, you know, uh, and it might be a scheme shift. Either way, though, I I don't know. I think it's just I, I couldn't imagine going a different route with him. I had, like, Thielen up this high before. I had Kenny Galladay up this high. Uh, I, I, I It is a real question mark as to who should be number uh, 11 here, um, or 11, uh, 12 where we're at so i i've also had uh Adam, yeah i've had adam thielen here a couple of times too so where is the third try third try i've had adam thielen actually yeah last uh the second try and the third try i i've had adam thielen actually come up before oh, i even had adam thielen before calvin ridley at some point adam thielen uh so let's talk about adam thielen right that sounds like the next guy who should be on this list 13 um 
He's in the same offense. He got injured, though, last year, folks. He did not do well for fantasy because he got injured at a certain point. But before he got injured, he did really well. Uh, solid route runner. No longer has Diggs, though, to take away that coverage. Um, actually, I, I think Thielen's going to be one step below. He's going to be 14. I have one guy who's going to come up ahead of him. And I'm so mixed on this, but I think it's got to be Kenny Galladay. Uh, and that's because if, if Stafford's back and fully healthy and has a solid offensive line, I feel comfortable with Matt Stafford and Kenny Galladay and that connection and the deep ball. So, And we saw it. We saw Kenny Galladay be good last year. So I'm not – he was wide receiver nine last year. I always feel weird putting Galladay higher because I felt like he was always the discount king, right? He was just, like, there and he played well. So I, I, I'm always – I again, between Thielen at – I think I put uh, Galladay at 13, Thielen at 14. I just feel like there's a bigger breakaway with, with uh, Galladay, the deep ball. Yeah, and maybe that's the difference here, right? If you're doing PPR, maybe lean towards Thielen. If you are doing, uh, if you're doing standard, like the the true standard, then maybe you go like the, the true standard, like the true king of the north. Then maybe you go with Galladay because I, I really do feel like it's close here. Uh, I would maybe even put Galladay ahead of Cooper Cup, if if we were talking about standard and no PPR. Um, I love Galladay, but I I think I subscribe to the mindset of like don't overpay. But he had four games. In 17 weeks with uh, single-digit points, that's probably why I don't want to have him any higher than 13 or 14. Uh, he had eight games with over 15 points, five games with over 20 points. But the biggest headache, he had three games under five points. Uh, not consecutively, so at least feel good with that. They weren't in a row. But there was, like, times where you got a little worried with Kenny Galladay, where you were like, shoot, I just lost because I had Kenny Galladay in a spot. So I think the thing with Thielen is that you're going to feel safe with Thielen and but you're I, I and Thielen's the only guy now. Now, you know, you're hoping Justin Jefferson and Olabisi uh Johnson kind of step up a little bit. Uh they're probably going to utilize a lot more of the two tight end sets as well. Thielen's a great route runner. There's not there's there's probably not many better route runners in the NFL. He he's very much of the more crisp I'm going to make you think I'm going that way and a dude cut on a dime go the other direction. Very I'm I'm waiting for the day he ends up either with Tom Brady as his quarterback or New England cuz just like that's exactly the kind of receiver he is. Um so yeah, now after those guys, right? Kenny Galladay is at 4 uh yeah, right. I keep switching Kenny Galladay at 14 or Adam Thielen at 14. And like I said, I think it depends on your scheming system uh, on your point system. 15 uh, almost every rankings I've done this 15, I think, has been the same guy. Or he's been 14 before, too. I have DJ Moore at 15. He was wide receiver 16 last year. Weeks 1 through 6, 12 or more points at five of those games. Uh, he had 12 out of 17 weeks where he had double-digit points. That's pretty dang good. Um, he didn't play week 17, had one point, he did kind of goose egg it on week 16, so, but previous to that, his lowest was like 7.4, 8.6 points, so, again, he, uh, DJ Moore is like a running back, good run after the catch guy, uh, he's like, you know, again, like you're throwing to a running back in a receiver's body, and he's good, and now, again, like, I would be worried I'm more worried about the deep ball guys, 
with uh, Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. I think he's the perfect fit for Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, right? You get him the ball, he's going to get some run after catch. He hits hard. He moves hard. Now, granted, the way he runs, like I said, he's like a running back, right? And He's kind of like you have him and, and you try to utilize him to get the run after catch, and he's just brutal, and he just muscles guys out. Um, he's kind of like a Steve Smith senior, which the guy who kind of anointed him, the next Steve Smith senior was Steve Smith senior. Uh, I, I don't think he's any worse. He's not any worse off with his quarterback than who he had in Kyle Allen last year. I think Teddy Bridgewater can definitely get him the ball and he's not the sole center focus point of the offense. So even if like, you know, try guys try to double cover him, you know, there is a lot of speed there. They got Robbie Anderson. They got Curtis Samuel. They got Christian McCaffrey. And that's truly the guy everybody's afraid of. And you see Ian Thomas takes a step forward too. So yeah, DJ Moore's uh 15. Uh, and again, he's been cycling around 14, 15 every time I've done these ranks. Uh, I actually think the next guy, the next spot is the hardest spot that I've had to do so far because I think it's been changed. I think every time 16 comes in and it could be Keenan Allen. It's been T.Y. Hilton. It's been Stephon Diggs. Uh, let's see who, when I was originally doing notes, who came up uh, as far as 16 goes. Yeah, I mean... It's weird, right? So I don't want to put Keenan Allen super high. I put him like almost to like in the mid twenties before. I feel weird because Tyrod Taylor does not fit his skill set. So unless I and I don't truly believe in Herbert either. So I don't believe that uh, you know like because I don't believe in the quarterback situation. He no longer has Philip Rivers. I, I'm more in like you know like I rem I remember Jarvis Landry with Tyrod Taylor being the the quarterback and it just wasn't great. So what happens when they move on from him? I don't think it's going to be a high-octane offense. So, I'm, you know, I just don't think that I, I would feel very comfortable with him. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, it's another guy who's changing quarterbacks, but we've seen him be solid before, at least. Uh, he's had injury-ravaged seasons, though, like the last few years. Uh, only played 10 games last year. Uh, you, you do worry about him. And... Who else? Um, I've had Jarvis Landry at 16. I feel weird with him coming off the hip. Stephon Diggs I've had at 16. You know, he had a weird year last year, but it sounds like he's getting along really well at, with Josh Allen. Uh, 16's been a really weird one to stick together. Oh, I don't know. All three of those guys are very – have a. this is like after you get to 15, you know, I could see Juju Smith-Schuster here. I think that's that. That's the, the the crux of it, right? It's the guys who did not hit last year, who you're like, all right, maybe they didn't hit, but they're, but or or maybe they're they're coming back. There's some reason why you're afraid of them, right? Um, Juju Smith-Schuster with Ben Roethlisberger is Ben Roethlisberger going to be back, or is he going to be back with Mason Rudolph? Because again, that was a horrible situation last year for Juju. Uh, we we believe that's going to be Ben Roethlisberger, so I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more comfortable uh, with Juju going into this year. Um, Keenan Allen, I don't feel comfortable with Keenan Allen. I think out of these guys, I feel much safer with Stephon Diggs and T.Y. Hilton and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think I feel way – ooh, I just feel so weird with Stephon Diggs catching the ball from, from Josh Allen. But uh, you know what? Let's do it. I'm going to go Stephon Diggs at 16. 17 is going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. 18 is going to be T.Y. Hilton. And T.Y. Hilton, I could definitely see myself pick, put him higher than this, too. And then 19 is going to be Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen. 
Uh, and then 20 is going to be Jarvis. Um, because I just, I, I don't know where else you could, like Jarvis, I, I might even put Jarvis a little bit lower because, again, I feel worried with the hip. But he's been good with the Browns. So I kind of, I feel, I don't feel horrible with him at, at 20. Um, Tyler Boyd, it, it comes in at 21. Um, right? And then Brandon Cooks and Devontae Parker at 22 and 23. Right? So, and then, and the reason why I like Tyler Boyd in that system, he might, you know, he's, he's kind of the Cooper Cup of the Bengals offense, right? The Cooper Cup slash Robert Woods of the Bengals offense. He was solid last year. He performed without A.J. Green there. Uh, he was literally the, the focal point of the receiving core. Um, uh, yes, uh, A.J. Green, man. i got to figure out where I'm putting A.J. Green. I've had A.J. Green at 17. I've had him at 20. I've had him at, like, I just, I, another weird one because, like, again, if he comes back and he's at full health, I, do we know if he's coming back at full health? Do we know anymore? It sounds like it. Brandon Cooks, again, a guy who's on a new team. Uh, we don't know the target distribution for him. We don't know how they're going to utilize him. Is it, you know, you know, he's on the need for speed Texans. So uh, I feel so weird with this. I really do. I feel weird with Brandon Cooks because I like Brandon Cooks. I, I think he's got to be in that, like, that range as well. So, I you know, after we do, you know, DJ Moore, Stephon Diggs, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, T.Y. Hilton. And then, like I said before, Keenan Allen. Then we follow him up. I kind of, I almost kind of want Jarvis over Keenan. Yeah, I'll put Jarvis over Keenan Allen. I, you know, it is Keenan Allen. I feel so weird, weird with. So, yeah. Um, Tyler Boyd again. He's catching passes from you know, uh, superhero, uh, the Tiger King himself, Joe Burrow. And so I, I do feel okay with Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. I feel way more comfortable with Tyler Boyd, weirdly, than I do with A.J. Green, though. Um, but I feel like A.J. Green has the higher ceiling. Brandon Cooks, Devontae Parker, they're all in this kind of fight for this from the the, the 17 to the 24 spot. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at with those guys. Uh, probably, like, kind of ramp, rounding out the top 25-ish kind of guys. Uh, you have Cortland Sutton coming up, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, because Emmanuel Sanders has been good, man. He's been, you know, a wide receiver too, pretty much solidly. Last year did it coming off an Achilles, right? Robert Woods is coming up too. Like, how do you deal with Robert Woods? He, he's, uh, you know, he's a solid guy. He's an okay route runner, pretty solid at route running, very good hands, but like, he's not special. There's not like anything I see with Robert Woods that's special, uh, Jamison Crowder's another one who's like good, really decent hands, solid route runner. I don't think of anything special. So, uh, again, I then I come down to I see you know like I said Cortland Sutton. Uh, you know you're hoping he takes a step forward. He didn't have great chemistry with Drew Locke last year. I feel a little bit more worried about Cortland Sutton, so I have him like 26th on my list right now. I have Terry McLaurin at 25. This is the problem with having three lists is I've gone through I think receiver is the hardest one to gauge where you feel like and, and because I've done these three different lists, I I feel the, the I, I feel the most consistent with some like I don't know, like it's it's such a weird thing. But 
so DJ Chark, uh, I like his chemistry with uh, Minshew. I think he's a guy who's going to be a solid wide receiver too this year. Um, honestly, it's the real trick to fantasy football is find the wide receiver twos. If you're lucky, you get a wide receiver one. That's amazing, right? Like that's why I like Odell. Like if you're lucky and you get Odell at the t end of the first, end of the second round or in the beginning of the third, like if you have like one of those picks, man, you got lucky. Um. Yeah, so I, I feel fine with uh, Terry McLaurin. I'm I'm feeling better. I was so worried with Terry McLaurin going into this year because, like, he's going to have Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball. It sounds like Dwayne Haskins is, like, you know, like you're seeing a little bit more development from him. My worry is the offensive line. I feel like that kid's going to be under pressure all day long. Um, But he has a good chemistry with Terry McLaurin. They've been together forever. Um, I mean, I hope they stay together forever. I hope, I really do hope for Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin's sake that they stay together forever and that Dwayne Haskins turns into a decent quarterback. Uh, we don't know as of yet, but it sounds like that could work. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I, I think, is kind of more the guy who, if you're shooting just to hit a double, he's going to be your double. And he's going to get catch the balls from Drew Brees. People are going to be focusing a lot more on Michael Thomas because he just dominates the NFL anyway. Triple coverage, it doesn't matter. He'll just dominate you. He's just big, strong, and he can get open. So when you have a guy like that on the other side, now you have Emmanuel Sanders who can also get open, catch some balls from Drew Brees, feel very comfortable with him. Jamison Crowder is kind of like that's another, like another one that's kind of like hitting the double kind of situation where I feel safe with him. Um not always in love with uh, where I'm getting him and all that. So, I, dude, this is how low I've had Keenan Allen at some points. I've had Keenan Allen at 29 at one point. This is this is kind of scares you a little bit. Uh, Tyler Lockett is in this category. You might think, like, Tyler Lockett, he did really well. He had some very big blow-up weeks. And Tyler Lockett is weird in my book, right? You know, like, I, compared to guys like, uh, you know, Sutton who had who, – at least, like, I don't know. I With with Tyler Lockett, he had a lot of big boom weeks, and then he had, like, quite a few bust weeks, and that's why I feel, like, very weird with him, right? He was wide receiver 13 last year. He had 10 double-digit games, nine games with over 15 points, three games with over 20 points, and two over 30. So he had, like, these huge boom games, right? Most production came from week one through nine. And then week 10 on, he had two games over 10 points. I feel weird with Lockett. He, he is the biggest boomer bust guy. He, he reminds me of like the Deshaun Jackson years. Um, he had a zero game and a 2.2 game, as well as two other games with 5.6 or below. So you're talking about like multiple bust weeks. Don't get me wrong. He's fast. He's a good route runner. He, he's, I actually do like his game. I just And now he's in an offense where he's actually probably the slowest of the three. That's crazy to think about, um, you know, between DK Metcalf and Philip Dorsett. Still, I, I always feel weird. I, I never trust Tyler Lockett. I don't think I've ever drafted Tyler Lockett. I don't know if I've ever had Tyler Lockett on my team, especially not as a high pick. So, uh, I get it. I, he's kind of like, he's kind of the lead receiver there. But I just feel weird with him. He'll, he'll go. He'll, he'll be that guy who for a few weeks will just blow up and then go into Nowheresville. Uh, after Tyler Lockett, I have A.J. Brown, right? And I've had A.J. Brown as high as, like, what is it, 21, 22. And I have him as low as 29 in a few spots. No, I, I no, I've never had him 20. He was wide receiver 21 last year. For some reason, I only have him as 28. 
but part of that is guys come back. Like AJ Green was not it was not countered in this fiasco last year. So I have him at like wide receiver twenty eight in a lot of my ranks, twenty nine. And I, I like AJ Brown. I think he's kind of reminds me of a Des Bryant kind of guy. Very big, muscular, strong, and just catch the ball and go with it. Um I I really do like him. I think that he's I think he's developed a good chemistry with Ryan Tannehill. He came on towards the end of last year. Uh, again, like I said, wide receiver 21. This He a- a- had some serious run after catch. Uh, his usage from weeks 1 through 10 were kind of questionable, would fluctuate. But after Tannehill came in, man, he was, uh, he was something else. Week 11 on one single-digit game. The rest were 15 points or more. Uh, strong trend. You know, he's a future wide, rec- wide receiver two or higher in my notes. Um, again, why, uh, when he played the Texans, showed uh, some good run after catch, good ability to get open and, and scramble drill in the red zone. Uh, he Great hands. Uh, physicality, I think, is, is kind of, uh, you know, solid route runner. Like, I had him in, like, the, the seven – I, I actually have, I, for my grades, I'm looking at him as, you know, his speed's not all there. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but solid run after catch, really good in the red zone, good at getting open. Um, I have, Originally, I think I had him above Robert Woods at one point. I think my first rendition when I was doing my notes, I kind of liked him over Robert Woods because I, and I maybe I still do, but, I, you know, because I see the ceiling with A.J. Brown, right? Like I see the, I see what he can do. I think he's actually kind of a lot like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that's kind of what he reminds me of. So, you know, if you're high on Juju, you might be high on A.J. Brown. They're kind of like very similar, like muscle-through guys kind of style. So uh, next guy on the list that I wanted to talk about, uh, and these lists, this list will be up on uh, on the Instagram It'll be up on the DraftVice website, which is at DraftVice.com. And, uh, I mean, I'll post the link to it on the on the Facebook. But those are the primary resources. So go follow the podcast on uh, Draft, uh, at, uh, DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. And also, you know, check out the website. Or don't check out the website. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, some other guys, I'm just going to touch on a few other guys. To, to talk about, and then I'll, I'll touch on the rest tomorrow. Uh, DK Metcalf, wide receiver 33 last year, had 11 double-digit games, four games over 15 points. Um, this guy's got speed. He's literally Josh Gordon, like, on uh, – I, I literally, yeah, I think he's just the remake with no with no weed. A, he's like a, a non-stoner, no Jay and Silent Bob, but no marijuana film. Uh, so, uh, you know, I have him – you know, he's wide receiver 33 last year. Uh, in most of my ranks, I think I've had him at 32, 33. Uh, yeah, actually, 34, 32, 33. So, again, I'll post my, my true ranks up online. Uh, Marvin Jones has been a solid guy to pick up. Uh, DK Metcalf, Will Fuller. Will Fuller's the one I, I think is going to be the wild card, right? Michael Gallup as well. Michael Gallup's a hard one to figure out. He missed weeks three and four, but he had nine double-digit games, five single-digit games. He was such a... Uh, he was a solid player in fantasy. He was wide receiver 22 last year. Um, again, like these, this, these are the guys, but I don't see them taking much of a step forward, right? I don't see Gallup being better than DK Metcalf this year because I also think 
I would rather target Metcalf if I'm, you know, if I'm like, I, I, I would I take, you know, the guy catching balls from Russell Wilson who's going to go deep, or the guy who is catching balls from Dak Prescott who also has two other great weapons on that offense, who are probably going to get way more targets. Uh, Jamison Crowder, I, I again, I think he's going to be the solid guy to go ahead and grab. I think he'll be good. He's shown good chemistry with uh, Sam Darnold, and. Uh, are we close to the, the 40 marker on this? You know, a couple of other guys to talk about. Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson, guys who've shown in the past, you know, Preston Williams, Darius Slayton. Uh, I didn't really touch on Devontae Parker that much, even though I mentioned him already on the list. Uh, I Let me pull up his... And I think the reason why is we forget about him. He's on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that team did not look like what it really was. Like, he came on really strong at the end of last year. I remember, like, at points people were calling him baby A.J. Green. I was calling him that for a bit. I've drafted him relatively high in other years. Uh, I, it really makes you question as to whether whether Gase and Tannehill were really that bad. He was wide receiver 11 last year. He In 17 weeks, he had three—I uh, mean— he had five games over 20 points, nine games over 15. That means he was a true contributor to your offense. It, it was such a weird thing because it was like he he finally looks like he's starting to get it. 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns. He was a really good receiver last year. Uh, and it, he's actually kind of almost like a faster A.J. Green. So I, I do have questions with that team, the offense, the offensive line, the the scheme, the strategy, you know, Chan Gailey. Um, but I think Gailey can probably get the ball in Devontae Parker's hands. Now, he's not really a run after, you know, he's a, he's not really the guy who I would, uh, I, I don't know, man. I feel weird because I feel like I've gone so long not believing in Devontae Parker, even though I've had years where I truly believed in Devontae Parker. Uh, I just wanted to touch on him. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of more in the, uh, let me pull that back up. Again, I've had Devontae Parker kind of in that you know top twenty range, but I wanted to touch on him because it was it, it was a player who I hadn't talked about very much, and uh, so far this episode, I talked about Robert Woods, talked about uh, John Brown, Jameson Crowder, Christian Kirk's an interesting one, right? I think you know he might pop up. He was wide receiver thirty eight last year, uh, three games of. You know, uh, out three games, nine games of double-digit points, uh, five games of 15 or more points. So he's been a solid guy, good route runner. He's showing a chemistry with uh, Kyler Murray. Um, I'm, I'm not, like, you know, again, like, and then the other thing is, is is there a lot of these teams you question, like, is there room for this next guy, right? Who's the next guy? Who's the top guy? You know, is Larry Fitzgerald going to be the, the key in guy on this? I, I don't know. So, uh I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, Will Fuller, I'm interested in. You know, he's got that long speed. Debo Samuel would be higher on this list, but he, you know, he's been injured. He's been injured for a bit. So I question that one. Uh, yeah, so uh, Corey Davis, you know, we'll see if he uh, bounces back. He said he had injury issues last year. And uh, I think that wraps up this episode, right? That's like that's all my kind of guys in the top 40. Um if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O, death is in the end of life. 
punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And I recommend you go ahead and follow this on Draft Vice and the and Draft Vice underscore football, all that stuff. You know how it goes. Follow the podcast, follow the YouTube, follow me, follow you. And thank you. Tune in next time.